Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. This is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up? This is the most must-see WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. Marie. And you are Going In Raw. What's up? It's your girl, Sasha Thankful of Jet Foster. You are watching Going In Raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. And you are tuned in to Going In Raw right now. How you doing? Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. Oh, welcome to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you're going to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Available wherever fine podcasts are. Be sure to hit, leave a... Hit the subscription oh, what button. A mess. We need an office. Hit the subscription button and the notify bell next to it. El Idolo! If you want to get new Going In Raw content every day. You may be a friend of Steve, but are you... Valor Club. Let's find out. Oh, if you're, let me ask. <laughs> yeah, there you go. If you're Valor Club and you don't too sweet, are you actually Valor Club? <laughs> I think the answer is no. <coughs> oh God, what a nightmare! What's this coffee? Anyways, be sure to hit the subscription button. Hey, uh, hey, it'd be great on the iOS podcast app. I feel like we started this recording without really having everything prepared. You can leave a rating or review for Going In Raw, and it really helps the show. Man, I uh, shouted that out not long ago, like a couple days ago. Yeah. And our podcast shot up quickly in the audio top 200. Mm-hmm. For Almost sports top 150. And recreation. Thank you very much, everybody. Yeah. We're also very for your glad. support. We appreciate it. At the Patreon, at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. There's been some controversy in the Patreon uh, world lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've been charging people fees. Apparently, they're going to start charging people fees. It's no good. And we don't like it. No. It's no good. Let your uh, local Patreon shop know that that's no good. Contact the <laughs> Patreon representative. <laughs> exactly. Look, I do want to say this, though. We do really, really appreciate uh, the patrons. We would never blame anybody for saying, hey, Patreon, get bent. We'll support you guys in a different way. Yes. And that's, we love it. That's fantastic. But I also do want to give a shout-out to the patrons who stuck around yes. um, through all that stuff um, because, you know, it really does help support the show. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of great reward tiers. We might, if 
this decision from Patreon, which we object to, does not get reversed. We may figure out a way to maybe revise our own reward tiers to adjust and compensate for that. The one dollar tier might become a seventy five cent yes. tier. Yes, and the five dollar tier might become a four fifty tier. <laughs> Hold on a second. I want to do because on SmackDown we what would the two hundred thousand dollar tier become? <laughs> yeah, well, what would that become? Was, was it two hundred thousand times times two point nine? Yeah, point zero two nine, and then plus thirty five cents. So we take about we, six thousand. We off. have to take fifty eight hundred and thirty five cents off. Hold on a second. One dollar times zero point zero two nine. Oh wait, no, no. no uh, one that. times point zero two nine equals. Oh wait, that's and thirty-five cents. Yeah, there you go. Thirty-five cents. Thirty-five cents. So yeah, we we'll bring that to a sixty-five cent tier. That's all we can do. We yeah. can we can only do what we can do. We yeah. might try to do that. Yeah, we'll think, we'll we'll work on it. Yeah, we'll work on it. We'll figure it out. Um, Anyways, Steve. Oh, we're also pro wrestling tees. You can get yeah. that shirt, the Friendo shirt. You cannot get Balor Club. That's WWE shop, baby. Absolutely. Anyways, this is dirty. We got all. Oh, we got a packed episode. Yeah, we got a lot to get through. There's a lot going on, kind of like on the subsurface of the wrestling industry. Coming up at the end of the coming up to the end of the year, entering into Royal Rumble territory, but all over the place. There's some interesting things developing. Um, we're going to have some robust conversations about some Ideally. of that stuff today. Yes, but um, first, yeah, let's talk about Roman Reigns. First, let's talk about Roman Reigns and how uh, <coughs> it's his yard. It's the entire world of wrestling is his yard. Yeah. So uh, Roman was the first guest on straight to the source. Straight to the source. Straight from the source. I think it's straight to the source. I think my notes are in error. Oh, okay. With Corey Graves, it premiered uh, right after Raw, I believe, this past Monday. And during the course of the show, I believe it's Corey Graves interviewing Roman Reigns uh, in the empty arena before the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey asked Roman Reigns about being the WWE's top guy. This yeah. is what Roman had to say. Steve, will you please? Every day of the week, this is the top of the mountain here. Point Blake, period. You know I'm the best performer in the ring in the world right now. You can't. You can go to my matches and my pay-per-views over the last three years and you can say I'm an idiot, or you can be like, man, he's got a point. You know what I mean? So I guess he's saying you can agree with him or disagree with him? He's saying, I'm the man. Yeah. So uh, recently, in an interview with The National, Triple H, um, I believe, to hype the upcoming tour of WB in uh, United yeah. Arab Emirates okay. and India, sure. um, spoke about his match against Roman. Um, and this is what he had to say. Quote, I think he is one of the best the WWE have right now. Actually, you should be reading this. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure we should have flip-flopped this. I think he's one of the best the WWE have right now. Roman is in a unique position because the fan base tends to believe that he is the chosen one that the WWE wants in this position. So they choose not to accept that position. But the truth is, and some people will listen to this and want to argue against it, but at the end of the day, I find it funny that, honestly, most of the people who argue against it aren't qualified to make that argument. I am. Roman, is he in character now? Seems like I it. am. Roman is one of the most skilled performers bar none in the WWE right now, and then is on every level. Wow. Was that in character? Is he? Is there like a different like COO character that we? That There's a middle ground between Executive Triple H, the game Triple H. Yeah. That apparently he's inhabiting during this interview where he's kind of going back and forth between the two characters. Yeah. Triple H tweener. Was there like, does Vince have like a, like a, a, is is Triple H under surveillance from Vince at all times? 
Is that what's happening here? Um, I mean, that's, that's fine if he thinks that. All right, first, let's go back to Reigns' uh, comment. Are we qualified to say who the best are, Larson? Because we've never wrestled? Uh, I, I think I, I, whatever whatever criteria he thinks there is here. I, 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 well, I think Triple H is saying that uh, he says most people who argue against it aren't qualified to make that argument. I'm assuming that means that we don't know enough about the wrestling industry to qualify, to make that. To understand what really good matches are? Yeah. <laughs> Understand psychology, uh, in-ring work, work rate, yeah. mic work, um, and I'll give Triple H that. Neither of us have ever stepped into wrestling. That's race. true. I never planned to. I've never it seems tried to drop a promo in front of 15,000 people. Not I've correct. never tried to ha- work a match to have the, pal- the crowd in the palm of my hand. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, as consumers of this product, yeah. I dare say our opinion matters too. Yeah, absolutely. Because without us... You have no business, right? Therefore, you have no company. Yeah, try making money off an empty arena match. Exactly, it isn't on TV. I know, um, but let's go back to Reigns. Uh, as the top guy in WWE, I fully expect him to say most of what he said. Oh, sure, yeah. And even him saying that he's the best in-ring worker. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if your aspirations are to be the top guy in WWE, I would think you'd want to feel that way. Oh yeah, for sure. It's the same thing like. When Dolph Ziggler went on a podcast and said, I'm really mad that I'm not the guy because I think I should be. Mm-hmm. Everybody should aspire to be that. That's absolutely correct. And if I just retired The Undertaker, I'd probably be saying the same thing. I'm the best guy in the ring. Yeah. Um, um, if we look at it objectively as observers of the product. Yeah. Worldwide, internationally. Yeah. And, and the WWE. I would say uh, I would give Reigns credit for improving over the course of the last three years as an in-ring performer. He has been involved in some really stellar matches against stellar competition. Um, in a bubble, in a vacuum, I would not personally consider him one of the top five workers in the world. I wouldn't consider him one of the top five workers in the WWE. No, I wouldn't either. I mean, there's Styles, Owens, Zayn, Nakamura. Rollins. Rollins. And, I mean, to be honest, like half of 205 Live. Like, yeah, if you want to talk about NXT either. Oh, God, don't even give me star on NXT. That yeah. being said, yeah. he does have natural in-ring charisma. He can work. You can't ever fault him for his effort. He always busts his tail in the ring. He seems like he does, yeah. Yeah. He's serious about his job. Yeah. He wants to improve. Um, so I give him credit for all that. But, you know, if, if, if I haven't seen the whole show, but if he's kind of doing this interview half in character, half out of character. This sounds like it's all in character. So you kind of have to take it with a bit of a grain of salt. Yeah, like a massive, like a huge mound of salt, like all, like a rock salt. <laughs> a yeah, giant thing. like a boulder, <laughs> like a boulder of salt. Um, yeah, I mean, it's look, it's silly. It's it's absolutely. I think this like the show kind of feels a bit on the silly side, anyway. It's a good way for the show to grab some headlines, though. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, that's that's sort of the Roman Reigns thing at this point, isn't it? Like, I'm here no matter what. You guys can kind of be on the train or not. He doesn't really seem to care. He kind of reacts to the crowds in like in ways that are that that that, that sort of flow with uh, is the crowd with me? Cool. If not, I'm just gonna give him some snark. Yeah. I kind of I mean I, I kind of feel that like yeah. I can kind of appreciate that they're going in a direction that isn't pandering one way or the other. Yeah. He's not trying to get heel heat. He's not trying to get face heat. He just is who he is. The WWE likes his look. Evidently, they think he sells enough tickets and merchandise to put him in this spot, or they think that by the end of whatever this game is they're playing with him, this trajectory they have him on, this roadmap they have him on, 
that he's going to be in the position to be selling those those kind of numbers, making that kind of money for the company. Um, so, I mean, that's all well and good. Objectively speaking, in terms of entering performance, he isn't even close to the top five in the company, though. So. No. <laughs> and, then, and then not even to speak of the world. I don't even watch CMLL, but oh, apparently some of I those know. guys are like gangbusters. Yeah. I don't watch Ring of Honor on a regular basis, although I do want to watch, uh, what is it, Final Battle? Yeah. I want to watch that. Yeah, me too. Um, but then, you know, Triple H, his his comments as well, he's hyping the match against Roman Reigns. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, yeah, he's going to talk him up. Yeah. But, I mean, if you look at, honestly, like the funny thing is, if you look, I find it funny. Like, the the last couple of Roman Reigns matches that have been great. I mean, look, I can look back to Raw. Him and Jason Jordan, but oh, a great match. The, the match Reigns had against The Miz, where he won the Intercontinental title. That was a good it match. It was a really good match, yeah. yeah. He's, I mean, like, he's, he is improving. I just kind of feel like he's still at the same level of, he can have, he's not, okay. AJ Styles can get in there literally with a sack of potatoes. An actual sack filled with potatoes. And put on, like, a four-star match. Mm-hmm. He had, like, Brock Lesnar had his best match against AJ Styles. Roman Reigns isn't carrying anybody to a five-star match. He can be involved in five-star yeah. matches. Cody yeah. Rhodes was involved in a five-star match with Okada. Yeah. Because Okada can, he's like an ATM machine for five-star matches. He can just dole them out left and right. Yeah. Um, Roman Reigns isn't that guy. No, I mean, he's not to that level. But, you know, if if he's in character saying this stuff, as in, you know, kayfabe, my Superman punch spear combo can beat anybody. You know, kayfabe, you're right. It can. It has. Yes, yeah. That's, what, that's, that's how that's it has. How, it did. That's how you're being written. Yeah. You know, RoboCop can sit there and interview and say, I am best cop. And he's yeah. right. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> he's going to argue with a robotic cop. <laughs> you mean? I know. <laughs> no one's going to argue with a robotic cop. You know, he's written, RoboCop was written really strong. He was. <laughs> he's booked really strong. He is. Against the... Uh, what was it, Ed? What was it? The the what was the the big robot monster in the first one? Oh, it was a little Ed something. Ed four nine two or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Two four nine. I don't know what it was. And there's that second one. I don't know. And yeah, second one was the best up movie. Yeah. So yeah, Roman Reigns, RoboCop of WWE. Yeah, maybe you know. He's written book. He's written. He's written strong. Yeah, he is. So yeah, we agree with that, Roman. Uh, all right, let's have this really long conversation. Yeah, you're really here. excited about this, this topic, I think. Okay, let me preface it by saying this. What do you think my perception is of Impact Wrestling? How do you think I feel about Impact Wrestling? I kind of feel like you feel sorry for it. <laughs> like you watch it and okay. you realize, you accept it for what yeah. it is. Yeah. And you see that it could probably be more than what it is. And because you see that, you want it to do well. Yeah. But you realize it's shortcomings. Yeah. And so in that sense, I feel like you kind of take a little, you you kind of feel sorry for it as the company. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the the talent's involved. It's a weird thing because you're, you're, you're basically right. I don't necessarily feel that way. I'll put it this way. I feel that way for the impact universe, which encompasses impact and, I guess, its fans, its talent. I don't feel sorry for Ed Nordholm. Oh, no, not at all. Because, like, every interview I've seen with him, he seems like he doesn't he doesn't fully grasp what, like, good business practices are. You yeah. know, oh, I'm going to release these emails that I've had with WWE. And then, oh, yeah, we're just writing this stuff in our contracts where, you know, characters can just take their characters elsewhere. Um, 
I mean, there there is a middle ground that WWE has, and it makes perfect sense. You know, it's like, hey, if we've created this for you, it's ours. It's ours. You know, I mean, I if you come to us with a character, we will license this character from you if you want to use it. Right. Yeah. And upon the the end of your contract, then you this merchandising agreement, this licensing agreement is over. Carry right. on. Right. So I don't feel sorry for him. No. I don't. I'm not going to say I feel sorry for the talent because they all are in deals that they signed up for. Moose just signed a three-year deal. But as a product, it's the little engine that, that could, I guess. I want it to do well. I yeah. want it to succeed. I know you do, too, yeah. because you want talent to do good. Yeah. It's immensely fun to make fun of it because, look, man, there's comedy and tragedy sometimes. And when you move from an impact zone in Orlando where they, hey, regardless if it's tourists that are passing by, they're able to fill seats between them and then the 100 people or so maybe that were impact regulars. Yeah. You're able to, to pack that little venue and sometimes get some heat, you know, sometimes get the crowd going. Yeah. When you move from there to this empty warehouse in Canada for your TV show, it's just, it, it's kind of comical and it's kind of sad, but it's kind of comical because nobody's getting hurt. Yeah. Um. And so you see the, the ship sinking, and you think, oh, man, 2018, it's not going to last. But then something really fascinating happened, which I think, I, I go back to this. If you're a Boston Celtics fan back in 2007, yeah. and they were a 22-win team. Oh, yeah, yeah. With, and you think when, there Ainge, is, when Danny Ainge took over. Yeah. There is no chance that they're going to go anywhere ever. And he made a couple of major deals, which brought their new big three over, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, well, and Paul Ray Pierce Allen. Already there. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. He brought over Kevin Garnett and uh, Ray Allen. Yeah. And they became NBA champions. I'm not saying that could happen here. I'm saying that fortunes can change very quickly with really, really smart and interesting business ideas. And the entirety of the wrestling industry, like many industries, are they're all built on relationships. Yes. Networking and relationships. Impact this week on uh, the 5th announced the hiring of Don Callis as an executive vice president. Scott DeMora is already there. He's been hired as an executive vice president, along with Ed Nordholm, who's already Impact president. They're going to form a three-member executive committee. This is quoting from PW Insider and this Wrestling is, this, this is straight from the press. Oh, their press girl. Okay. Yeah. So, to quote, form a three-member executive committee with overall responsibility for developing the creative direction for the company and managing the execution of the company's business plan. According to PW Insider, Don Callis, who's also been known as Cyrus in the past, he's the New Japan uh, announcer with Kevin Kelly. Yeah. He's been in talks with Impact for a while, while the initial plan to bring him aboard in November, and they added that New Japan... I'm sorry, what? With with the, the oh, I'm plan. sorry. With the initial plan to bring him aboard in November... And they added that New Japan, where Callis currently serves as a commentator, had planned on Callis to depart that role, though based on this press release, he seems to be staying. Yeah, and then then Callis himself later clarified that he will be staying with New Japan, quote, for as long as they want Now, the fascinating part of this is uh, the Wrestling Observer himself confirmed that Callis will stay with New Japan and added that he will, quote, now be a liaison between the two companies, and added that it was settled a while ago that he'd keep working for New Japan if he took the Impact job. Now, we can stop there, and we'll continue in a second. Yes. But Don Callis is the guy who put together one of the biggest deals in this current uh, expansion that New Japan is trying to initiate here in the United States, 
bringing Chris Jericho to Wrestle Kingdom to fight Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was integral in that deal. Yeah, he was the kind of facilitator getting Jericho on board with it. And yeah. apparently that deal, I mean, I'm not sure how you know in-depth with the negotiations he was. I don't think he was that in-depth in the negotiations, but it was like a months-long process. Mm-hmm. But eventually he got a guy who was this close to fighting for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania this past year or this year. Yeah. To Wrestle Kingdom in January. I mean, he was fighting for the United States Championship at yeah. WrestleMania. That's a huge deal. That's a huge relationship for Impact. Now, your main take on that, your counter to that is, don't get too excited, Steve, because... Um, uh, well, there's a litany of reasons not to get too excited. The basic thing is, though, what is what, what could New Japan possibly stand against? Yeah, they can't gain... From my understanding... Um, New Japan's numbers on access TV here in the States are comparable to what Impact does on Pop TV. Uh-huh. Pop TV's in a, a more households. I think in uh, the Wrestling Observer this week, Meltzer mentioned that uh, uh, access TV is one of the few cable networks that's actually expanding. I think they're expanding up to about 50 million households coming up pretty soon. Pop is in about 70 million, according to Wikipedia. I looked earlier. Um, so if, if they're looking, New Japan that is looking to uh, bring talent over, put them on Impact to get, uh, uh, get them more eyes, or of American audience, I mean, if their own show is already doing comparable numbers, granted, not as many households, but comparable numbers, that seems like a wash to me. Quick side note, uh, Pop is available on the Sony View um, service, which I have, and that's how I have watched Impact when I do watch it, and it's mm-hmm. like $35 a month. I'm not sure if there's a higher tier that then gets you access. I'm not sure. I yeah. watch all my New Japan on New Japan World anyway. Yeah, who knows? Um, um, uh, my counter to that on. would be, and, and, and here's the thing, We'll we'll know, we'll know soon enough whether it's going to be a relationship that actually means anything or doesn't. I think it's a great step, though. Oh, and from Impact's vantage point, it's worth a try. Absolutely. But ultimately, for me, it feels like New Japan is the hottest thing going in wrestling right now. Absolutely. Bar none. Yeah. Impact has and still does feel like a sinking ship. Absolutely, yeah. And I don't know why New Japan would want to associate itself when it's on the upswing with a company who's been treading water for the last 10 years. Well, here's the thing. Not everybody, and this is a good back and forth, because nobody's right, because it'll play out the way it'll play out. Mm -hmm. But I could actually see Impact has some good talent. And apparently Impact is moving towards, like, daily daily deals with their wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. Also in the newsletter, I believe uh, Meltzer was saying how uh, Nordholm's been... uh, been told to to make uh, impact. They're in a huge cost cutting mode. Yeah, right yeah. Now. At least at least you know like a uh, budget neutral. Right. Yeah. They yeah. Maybe yeah. making money, but they're not losing money. Right. Exactly. So uh, the thought is over the, the the course of the next year, a lot of the the, the higher paid talent is going to be out the James door. James Storm is already gone. Three might be on the way. Out. Uh, Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Um, in cost cutting moves, so you're going to be left with some young, good talent but not as well-known as some of the stars they might have to lose. Mm-hmm, sure. So, again, I don't know what the draw is going to be for New Japan to send any you know, wrestlers other than, than you know, Young Lions on an excursion, essentially, over to Impact. Well, just the, to get some seasoning, <coughs> but they already have that deal with Ring of Honor. Well, the interesting thing is going to be this. Now, I, with, with the exposure thing, if you're looking to get into the United States, I would imagine, I'm not sure what the crossover audience is between Axis New Japan and Pop uh, oh, and Impact. On yeah. Impact. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like, they might think, hey, you know, if we're getting, if, if, if 50,000 people who are watching our show right now also watch Impact, or, you know, if 150,000 people yeah, don't, yeah. 
you know, then, or uh, the other point would be 200,000 because Impact gets about 250. Well, that could be 200,000 more eyes that no, we're our people on. Now, the question, do we want them on a TV show which features an empty arena, basically? Maybe, maybe not. If they say, well, okay, Impact says we want, you know, it would be great if we could have the ticking time bomb and uh, Kushida. Dude, Okada was at some show in like, what was it, MLW? Like some like really small show because they had a little bit of a talent exchange. Yeah. Doesn't hurt anybody. I mean, I don't think it brings down New Japan's stock to have some of their mid-carters on, I mean, nobody's going to be defending the IWGP Heavyweight Championship on Impact, but I don't think it hurts their stock to have the ticking time bomb show up, sell some more seats over there in Impact, because then if you have a couple of New Japan guys, like you said, they're the cool thing, they could sell, no, they could I, maybe I, sell out I a house. I completely understand for Impact. why Impact would want to do it, but if there's going to be a talent exchange, say New Japan sends over Takahashi. Mm-hmm. Um, if Impact is to cut costs and lose a lot of their major stars, um, who are they going to send over to Japan in turn? Well, right now, Impact has on th- that are sort of newer and would be kind of interesting to see in New Japan. Obviously, Moose. Mm-hmm. He signed a three-year deal. Yeah. They're not getting out of that anytime Trevor soon. Lee. <coughs> Trevor Lee would be great. Yeah. They're already, they're already crossing over with Sammy Callahan. He's yeah. on both brands. Yeah. You got the Chris brothers over there. They don't do women's wrestling, so you can't put Sienna over there. They have some... Uh, I'm not sure if Johnny Mundo has gone to New Japan. He hasn't lately. I don't think he has. No. Um, yeah, not lately anyways. Here, let's, let's take a break and, and talk about some other things that might complicate matters. Uh, Meltzer notes that Impact is, quote, attempting to work with both Ring of Honor and New Japan as far as exchanging talent goes and working together whatever fashion can be beneficial as of right now. There are no plans for talent trading with New Japan, but that can always change. He, he continues that Impact, quote, wants to be part of the New Japan Ring of Honor Alliance, besides Impact's relationships with AAA, The Crash, and Pro Wrestling Noah as some of the many potential stumbling blocks in forging such a relationship. Apparently, yeah. uh, New Japan doesn't really want to get involved with AAA or The Crash. And, and they have some beef with Noah. And apparently they have some, some beef with Noah, which is kind of interesting because Marafuji is a Noah guy, and even as late as 2016, I think he well, was... Well, that's where Suzuki-gun was before they came back to that's New right, Japan. That's right, that's right. So that's kind of, that's kind of weird. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's a simple internet search. But uh, this is interesting also. Meltzer also stays, stay, uh, says that both uh, Callis and Scott Demore have tried to mend fences between Impact and New Japan, with Demore recently uh, going over there and apologized to the company about the treatment of their talent by TNA. Uh, of course, uh, Okada uh, was in like a Green Hornet gimmick of some yeah, sort. Yeah, it was awful. Uh, Naito as well went over there and they, they botched him, noting that all those from that regime, whether it was Jeff Jarrett, Vince Russo, uh, D- Dixie Carter, or Eric Bischoff are no longer there, and it's a completely new company with new ownership. So look, I'm not expecting the world to shift. I'm not expecting any of that. But what a great first move. Oh, yeah, it, for impact, is a smart move. You target a low, a lower-level guy who you know made a really smart relationship to, uh, uh, move, bringing in Chris Jericho. Hey, let's get that guy. Apparently, Don Callis was out of wrestling for a really long time, yeah. like since ECW class, basically. He was supposed to be part of Bischoff's yeah, WCW. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, that didn't happen. He went off and he uh, founded like a, a trade company of some hmm. sort, and then uh, came back to do just came back to do New Japan announcing, and then he started getting back into the swing of things, yeah. and and apparently the the Jericho deal just started off with kind of a joke. 
Yeah. Um, Callis has sort of mentioned offhand, and then he made it happen. So um, I think it's a like I pull for companies to do well. Impact. Yeah, I do too. It's look. It's a lot. Like I can make fun of it all day long. It's a lot of fun to do that. There are some really good talents there. Um, I hope they don't get screwed out of this new like cost cutting thing. I know. Um, but uh, but I could see that I could see new Japan. Look, dude. We're not that far removed from New Japan welcoming Jeff Jarrett. Well, that was into, 2014. Into it was 2014. New Japan has come a long way no, since then. They have come a long way since then, and they are the cool place to be. But there are a couple faces in, uh, I mean, Trevor Lee. I could see him in New Japan yeah. easily. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. It would be. You know? So um, I'm pessimistic, but I, you know, I, I want Impact to succeed. So I might start doing my Impact reviews again. Now you're excited. You're. Your, well, your, still, look, man. Rev- your reviews are reborn. Yeah, maybe. I don't know about that. It takes a while, dude. You got to watch the whole show. Um, and besides, I think a lot of people want to see Ring of Honor reviews anyway. So yeah. I start doing that. Um, but I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Look, the, the worst thing that'll happen is nothing and impact will go away. Yeah. Because, I mean, they can't. If they keep on losing money, Anthem's not going to keep them around. No. So, I mean, worst things the worst thing that will happen is they'll eventually end up on the WWE Network. So, yeah. There you go. Uh, we have a lot of follow-ups. Yeah, we have a lot. Yeah. Um, let's start with uh, probably the, 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 the most, I don't know, interesting uh, bit of news. Um, we uh, saw the debut of Wilkin Matt Hardy yeah. on Raw this week. Wonderful. And we've had a lot of ongoing conversations about if the Broken Universe or some variation on it were to show up on WWE TV, mm-hmm. how much say would he have in the character and storyline? Yeah. Well, according to Sports Illustrated's Extra Mustard. All of it. Um, yeah. Uh, Justin Brasso says, <coughs> there's someone backstage in WWE who's huge on Woken Matt Hardy, and that someone is Vince McMahon. A high-level executive in the WWE by the name of Vince McMahon yeah. Jr. Um, is he a junior? No way. No, he's Vince Kennedy McMahon. He's Vince Kennedy as opposed to, yeah. But didn't they call him Vince Sr.? Yeah, I mean, it's just shorthand. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brasso states, quote, a contact within WWE reached out to inform Sports Illustrated that Hardy will be allowed a creative license by McMahon who sees opportunity and the opportunity to cash in on a character that is already established. Continues. Evidently, he doesn't have a problem using That's a DNA guy. That's interesting. He continues, uh, McMahon has known Hardy for over two decades, and the chairman, chairman, the chairman, hey chairman, hey chairman, you are the chairman, <laughs> clearly trusts Hardy enough to give him the opportunity to connect his character with the vast WWE audience. This tickles me to no end. Take away. Hardy take, compound, Hardy compound, Hardy compound. Hey, take away, I mean, even that. Which drone was, shots. Which drone was great. Shot. And we're going to get that now. I know. We're going to get that now. Starting with the idea that these guys go back 20 years, Vince knows that Matt has broken his body for the company, and now he's back, probably loves Matt, and he probably loves that Matt self-started himself back up in Impact, TNA or whatever, with this imaginative stuff. Yes. And the fact that he's willing to get... McMahon ain't given creative license to anybody. No. And he gives it to Matt Hardy. I know. That tickles me to no end to know that Vince has trust in somebody like Matt Hardy. Oh, I know. It's great. To do that. I love it. And that's huge. It means we are going to get all that stuff. We're going to so. get the drone shots. We're going to get the, the, the Hardy compound. Yeah. Whatever else he wants to do. The lapidated boat. I wonder if Matt would ever call up Jeremy Borash. Fireworks. 
Uh, water under the bridge. Come work with me with my dilapidated boat. Oh, I don't think Borash had a problem with that. He's in a contract, though, I'm sure. So. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think. Well, who knows? Impact, they're trying to reach out to people. That's true. Impact reaches out to WWE. Talent exchange with I know. WWE. Well, you take Jeremy Borash, we'll take yeah. Kevin Dunn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I like Borash. <coughs> oh, man. So that's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Um, also in the news, Sting. Sting. He still wants a match with The Undertaker. Yeah, the surprise, icon surprise. himself, he made a recent appearance at the Wales Comic Con. I don't know if this is the same one, but he was posting some pictures of him with fans, and he was in full Sting regalia. Oh, yeah, when he does these Comic Cons, he's in I love it. full makeup. And you know what? He's got a smile on his face with these Sting cosplayers, like he's happy as a pig in slop. The passion, I love that, man. Yeah. I'm very positive right now. Yeah, he spoke again about wanting a match against Undertaker. He said... I'd like to have one more match. I'd like to have that Undertaker match. I wanted that match with Taker and would have done my best to make it happen. He also talks about uh, postponing his surgery. Yeah. He says it's less to do with having another match and more to do with, like, Stone Cold. Yeah. said if you don't need it, don't do it. He feels fine. He can work out. He can do whatever he wants, and he suffers no pain or anything. He did kind of poo-poo this a little bit and say, I'm really not sure. I don't think it's going to happen. So, but, um, you know, he still wants to do it. Yeah. Maybe... You guys should watch our WWF. Yeah, we already did this, this match, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Who went over? We didn't like didn't Sting go over? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was having a bad day that day. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, that's cool. Good for Sting. Still looks great though. Yeah, he does. Also in the news. Also in the news. Cody Rhodes. He and the Young Bucks are still financing their own show. Yeah, we talked about year. this uh, last week. Yeah, in a ten thousand seat arena. Um, he recently spoke to ESPN about said show. Um, saying that they'll, quote, have a date in the place within two weeks. He continues, some of the stuff that we've already got on board, not talent-based, but as far as people who are involved with this and people who put some confidence in us, it's just crazy, crazy. Um, Wrestling Observer added that the uh, latest word is that the probable location will be either an arena in the Chicago area or in Southern California. Well, we'll be there. Please, Southern, Southern California. California. Please, great. Southern California. We'll do that. That'd be fun to go to Chicago, though. Imagine they do it like the Forum or something like that. That'd be cool. That would be fantastic. That'd be awesome. I know. That'd be a lot or of Or Long Beach Arena. Yeah, that'd be I'm cool. i to think of any other 10,000-seat venues that's not obviously the Staples Center. Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's like 18. Yeah, they would do the Staples. Forum would be cool. Um, this is really cool, though, man. I, I like that... Uh, um, the wrestling Observer added that. The latest word is that. Yeah, he texted one of the Jackson boys. <laughs> so what are you guys thinking? Southern California? Okay, I won't say that, but you want me to throw in another? He was he was also talking about, do you have it in here? Meltzer was also talking about the possibility of them bringing in CM Punk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show. He was like, it'd probably take CM Punk. He said it would take CM Punk, Kenny Omega, and some uh, New Japan talents yeah. involved in the show yeah. to pop 10,000. But then he, when he, when uh, I think Daniel Bryan's name was brought up, he seemed like less convinced that would do the job. Right, I know, right? I know. I think mean, Daniel Bryan's on par with CM Punk in terms of star power. I'm pretty sure CM Punk, the Young Bucks, Cody and Kenny Omega. I'm pretty sure they would get to ten thousand. You throw Daniel Bryan in there, you need to call it the Staples Center. I know. You start doing that, man, because marks will fly out from around the globe 
to see that in the L.A. Are you kidding me? That'd yes. be great. That'd be fantastic. Speaking of Daniel Bryan. Yes. Uh, the Wrestling Observer himself in his newsletter spoke extensively this week about the ongoing saga of Daniel Bryan's return to the ring. While Dave Meltzer adds that as of 12-4 earlier this week, nothing has changed regarding Bryan and WWE and reports that he has been cleared are inaccurate. Yes, nonetheless, Meltzer does state that uh, the recent on-air beef beef between Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon has led to speculation that a match between the two could happen. Yeah. Um, he says, quote, it's not completely impossible that it ends up that way, although right now that wouldn't be a match under discussion since there has been no change in Bryan's status as far as being medically cleared. But... He continues, this is crazy. I know. There is talk of him wrestling at SummerSlam and working a limited schedule if, my emphasis, if he does get cleared. Uh, he, uh, no, can, look, let's take a okay. beat there. That's insane. That's insane that they have contingency plans. What does that tell you about the possibility of him getting cleared? Uh, it's all down to Dr. Maroon? Yeah, Joseph yeah. Maroon, I believe, is his yeah. name. And I... Uh, he, We've heard it before, and Meltzer mentioned in the newsletter this week, too, that uh, Vince has been very clear that the final word is not up to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's up to Dr. Maroon. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it seems for the last, barring the last, like, four months, it seemed like a near impossibility we'd ever see Daniel Bryan in the ring again. I doubt this is the case. Probably wonders, with Daniel uh, Bryan publicly politicking for return the match of some, or return the ring of some capacity, if... In, in, in WB seeing that he's so passionate about returning the ring, would they, I'm not going to say they're going to, you know, look the other way as far as medical tests, but if it's, if it's like a, a 50-50 scenario, would they be more willing to clear him just to keep him around as opposed to let him go somewhere else? I would, okay, so there's, there's a couple moving pieces in what you just said there. I would have to believe that their protocol is super specific. Yes, and I would think that it there there I would think that there isn't the possibility of a fifty fifty split. I wouldn't think so either. Um, that being said, I don't know how often he's checked. Uh, like, if Doctor Maroon, this is one possibility because the science is ever evolving. Does their protocol? Adjust to new... Adjust yeah, to, to new, new realities yes. and new techniques? I don't know. And if that's the case, I mean, it's possible, I guess, at that point. But I do... We are not experts on this no. at all. But there seems to be, like, some indication that, well, it's possible he can get cleared. There definitely seems to be momentum in right. the direction of him coming back to the ring, the WWE ring, AWB yeah. ring. And then the other part of that sort of, you know, the the, the what you just said was... Would would trying to keep him in the WWE on a limited schedule be WWE's way of protecting him? Oh, I yeah. mean, I don't think they would think think of that as their job. Like, look, he's a grown man. If he wants to go to New Japan and get kneed in the head by Kenny Omega five times in a match, then he can do that. That would probably look bad on them because he spent so much time. He is so connected to the WWE but having him on a limited schedule, yeah. if he's cleared, I don't know if there's like 
levels to being cleared, if there's levels of clearance, I still think you I have to assume, be... I would assume if you're cleared for in-ring competition, you're cleared for in-ring competition. You would think, right? Yeah. But then, like, dude, he's going to be a referee. Did you see that promo for Total Divas? Or Total Bellas, whichever one is on. And uh, Bree was coming off, like, the top and launching a missile drop kick into Daniel Bryan. And right when he's standing here, oh, yeah, yeah. and right when she's here, they do a swipe on, like, Nia Jax or something. And I'm like... Did he just take a bump? Well, you, well, I heard about that, that there was a video online somewhere of him taking a bump, and they took it down. That might have been it. Like, that's in the promotional, that's in a commercial, like, this is the, hold on, this is a massive moment. Him taking a bump, and they're using it in a tease for Total Divas? That's I know. insane. you gotta, you got to think that WWE is aware of the fact that Daniel Bryan has probably taken dozens of bumps since oh, he yeah, retired, know. you know? Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. he was forced to retire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably in there doing thousands of them a day. He's hanging out at Johnny Mundo's backyard yeah, in the ring there, yeah. He's just practicing bumps. Yeah. Dude, I don't know, man. I mean, that just, that cracked me. Like, I was sitting there, I think I was on the toilet when I was looking at my Twitter <laughs> feed, and I saw that, and I was like, what the heck is that? They can't swipe then. That's a momentous occasion. I know, His first televised Total bump. Divas is canon. It has <laughs> it been is, determined. It is, K-Babe. It is canon. So That's crazy, I know. That's absolutely crazy. But there does seem to be. I mean, I, dude, I have no idea what the the fluctuations are in their, like, clearance protocols. I don't know either. And I don't, you know, uh, Bree, most recently on Lillian Garcia's podcast, talked about, uh, and we talked about it, Late last week, earlier this week, about yeah. Daniel Bryan's uh, last week on Dirt Sheet, exactly a week ago. Um, Daniel Bryan's efforts to get cleared, and mm-hmm. said he, you know he's been to countless doctors and flown all across the country, right? Um, and seems like everybody else has given him the green light to return to the ring. Yeah, but I don't know, like, <laughs> if, has he had any follow up with WWE's doctors, with Doctor Baroon? Well, if he would, dude, if he's saying as of twelve four, he hasn't been cleared. That makes it sound like he's been tested recently by Dr. Well, Maroon. I don't he's know. there. I mean, these days, he's there every week. Yeah. I have no idea if, if there has to be some time period between testing. Like, we're not the either. people to talk about I that. Know. I don't know. But um, don't but then we saw, you know, with the, the RVD divorce case where he said that, you know, he, he can't wrestle with WWE anymore because he suffered a concussion, which caused the visual impairment. Yeah. Yeah, that was rough. So... I mean, obviously, there is some strict protocol in place. We know Daniel Bryan had some concussion-related seizures at one point. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's definitely a territory you don't want to mess with. Yeah. When you injure your brain so seriously, you're dealing with seizures. But who knows? Yeah, I don't um, know. Melser continues, quote, He's pretty strong in returning to the ring in October when his WWE contract expires, but also made it clear if he gets a negative test before he sets out to wrestle again, he will not wrestle. That's smart. That's that good. That's really good. I'm happy to hear that. I mean, I would imagine that if he got the the green light from all the doctors, uh, but still knew that there's potential bad consequences mm-hmm. that can happen if he just takes a bump wrong, yeah, that he would probably be willing to take that chance. Well, we've talked about this a little bit in terms of are we looking at a situation where continued wear and t- continued shots to the head would stack up over time, and we're just looking at like a really crappy old age. Well, there's, you know, I don't know what the latest science is, but I remember he- he- reading an article about CTE in relation to football players, and, and one of the things that this article mentioned, I'm sorry, it's so long ago, I can't source it, um, that it's not, 
at least it's not concussions unto themselves. Is, yeah. is the worry is repeated. Right, right, right. So that's yeah. why you, you see a lot of interior linemen yeah. with CTE because every play they're knocking helmets together. Right. Um, and none of those individual hits will cause a concussion generally, yeah. but just repeated, you know, minor head trauma is what's causing, it seems, just as much, if not more, than concussions. Mm-hmm. Problems with CTE and, and degenerative brain issues further in life. Yeah. Um, but it'd be, you know, we, we've heard about wrestlers who have said that upon their, their, their death, they're going to donate their brain. Like, yeah, sure. that he's going to donate his brain to, to research facilities when he passes to mm-hmm. see, you know, what the status of his, uh, I can't remember what part of the brain the CTE occurs in, um, what the status of his brain is. So, you know, in 20, 30 years, we may know a lot more about how taking well, bumps you know, that's what, that's 200 one thing, days a year. That's one thing Meltzer sort of uh, talks a lot about these days in the newsletter whenever he talks about CTE and concussions is there's no way to test nowadays what, like, if you have CTE, if a living Actually, person I heard, I heard there's a way they, they, they thought they might. I heard it on uh, sports radio. Well, he's, his, his point with regards to Daniel Bryan, I've heard, I've, I've seen him tweet this, I think, to somebody is, yeah. um, Bryan is in a very odd space. Oh, yeah. Where 10 years ago, nobody would have cared. And 10 years from now, they'll know. They'll be able yeah. to know. So we're on the precipice of having technology. Well, I was going to say, I, I thought I heard on, I always listen to sports radio coming over here. Yeah. That uh, there is some sort of test now that you can test for CTE. I mean, it's preliminary stages, my understanding. Uh, test for CTE on living patients. Right, yeah. Yeah. So, so. I'm, I imagine that's probably in its, in, in its infancy. Yes. And so 10 years from now, it'll probably be a standard thing. Yes. I'm going to be like... And then you know, it'll be a freaking app. Let's see here. I oh, know. yeah, Larson, you're messed up. Yeah. Um, let's talk really quick about the other uh, stories we had on our daily show in okay. case uh, okay. listeners out there. Rob Van Dam, apparently he's done with the WWE. You mentioned this yeah. earlier. Apparently he's going through a divorce, and in the divorce paperwork he uh, explained that uh, he shouldn't be paying as much alimony <laughs> these days because he's ineligible to work for the WWE. And thus his income is, uh, he's not, el- he, you know, he can't make as much money essentially. Right, exactly. And his uh, merchandising, merchandising deal, deal expired, yeah. And then uh, finally, uh, we're shooting this, or this is on Friday, but we're shooting this on Thursday. Uh, so Thursday morning we talked about Ronda Rousey. Uh, according to USA Today, seemingly has a couple of sources close to her yeah. that said she is in the final stages of uh, pulling off a deal. Finalizing with WWE. her WWE deal, yeah. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. So if that comes to, to fruition, I would not be surprised to see her show up on WTV probably after the Rumble. Yeah, after the Rumble, probably. Maybe she'll be in the in, in attendance at the Rumble. Or, yeah, if they row. do the Women's Rumble, maybe she'll the be in it. Oh, there you go. Oh, she's not going to be. No way. She's you don't think they have, uh, have her win it? No. That'd be crazy not if they did chance, that. Not a chance. Not a chance. Imagine if she won it and then challenged Charlotte at WrestleMania. I could see her being in that be, that'd be Look, I think it'd be great. I could see her being in front row and then staring down whoever did win it. Maybe. Something like that. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun, I think. The Rumble and Mania are going to be fun. The road to WrestleMania is going to be kind of interesting this year. Yes, it shall be. It shall be. Anyways, is that it? it? Is that it? That's what we got. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Let us know what you guys think about all the week's news in the comments. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Oh, that's right. I have to get up because I can't turn the thing off. Oh, no. Here we go, Larson. Talk some more. Hi, everybody. So that was the news for the week. We'll be back next week with more news for you. Yeah, I get that stuff fixed. Goodbye. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well. 
Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. You can find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.